of Sky Sports Radio. Time to review the weekend's racing with our stable of experts. He's pretty exciting, this guy. Streeting his rivals. Who impressed? Who didn't? Horses to follow. And have a look at the time. And your calls. Welcome to Punter's Postmortem. Really starting to go through his gears. Just continues to raise the bar. Uh-oh. Yeah, good morning and welcome to Punters Postmortem on this 4th of March. Hopefully everyone had a, a good weekend on the punt. Plenty to discuss. The performances, the tracks, and also we're going to have a look ahead to the future because we've got some really good racing uh, coming up. But unfortunately, from a today perspective, from a Monday perspective, we have lost Kempsey, as uh, Nick Cunyak just mentioned before. So unfortunately, no Kempsey today, but we do have a meeting at Takara and we will discuss that meeting after Punters Postmortem this morning. Our panel today, Ron Doversy, David Gately and also Chris Roots. And I'll say hello to you firstly. Duff, how was your weekend, mate? And uh, what did you make of some of the performances there on the weekend at Randwick? Namely, the big one uh, in the Very Elegant. Uh, yeah, well, he was the star of the show. Think it over to do what he's done. Uh, second up, um, he wins another Group 1. He's an eight-year-old who's had a tendon injury. He's been, he was off for over a year. Um, there was, there, had, there would have had to be some doubts if he'd ever, ever raced again, but he's been nursed back to health and he's, as, he's racing as well as ever. So, uh, great ride by Nash. Um, just a faultless ride. Got to the mile second up, and he's, he's right in these races coming up, in, including the Queen Elizabeth again. We saw some pretty good horses down in Melbourne, didn't we, Gator? You were in our Melbourne studio for Sky Racing 1. Uh, was impressed with the Guineas winner, Southport Tycoon, and also impressed with that other horse, another Will. And you sit on the coverage, he is a group horse in the making. Yeah, good morning, team and punters. I'm going to change that. He's a group one winner, another will, uh, in waiting. And there's wow. no doubt in my mind he's a proper horse, like times two. I just went back and had a look at the times. He, he's run faster than a tissue overall time. Uh, a couple of lengths slower, first 1,000-metre sectional. And despite sitting on a strong speed, he ran the quickest last 200 of any horse all day. Um, so even taking away the clock and looking for, at your eye, you think he's a group one horse, but that just backs it up. Um, I think my other takeaway was I think if you run that very elegant 10 times, I think Fangirl wins nine of them. Uh, we just copped the one out of 10. And, we, yeah, you spoke about the tracks. I mean, this is um, one of the great uh, issues, I think. You know, we talk about betting percentages and all sorts of things. I think punters would rather bet in a 180% market and you get a fair track than a 100% market on, on a horrendous sort of track. So that's just a couple of takeaways from me. It is something we're going to talk about today, uh, and Chris Roots is joining us from the City Morning Herald. And Chris, I know that um, look from a news perspective, you want to be talking about the performances of the horses of the day in in your column and, and throughout the week. But um, the, the punter, and we are on punters post mortem, so all punters are listening to this. It is the discussion about tracks and, and, and what is doing, um, and uh, and has there been a philosophy change in how we prepare our tracks in this country? Yeah, I think in in the past we've had racing Victoria start with a start with a lower rating and let it, let the track come to them during the day. But what happened last week was um, we had very hot days. The 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 stats that the ATC sent to us and the, how much irrigation was on, on there was there was five mils of irrigation put on that track. Now 
if you talk to the blokes who were riding on it and that, they said it was damp to start with and then it started raining at a, a drizzly sort of rain after race two and and the track was never going to improve. So it ended up um, lady, patchy, I think is the best way to describe it. It's not what Mike would wants to prepare and let's face it, he gets it right um, 50... 49 times out of 50, he, he'd be the first to admit he got it. It was, it was a disappointing track on Saturday. Um, I think the overanalysation of, of tracks after two races by people is, is something that draws attention to it. And then it just builds the momentum during the day. Now, if you go back and, and listen to people at the beginning of the day, they were saying the insides off, uh, I think he, even um, Tim... Tim said on uh, leading the race three that well they're not betting towards the inside of the track because the inside barriers are no longer a, a a benefit and then we see in the two group one races the horses stay towards the inside not on the rail but towards the inside and the two winners come down there so but as we all know the track wasn't 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 the perfect racing surface Fangirl still ran remarkable late sections and she's just just with the edge off the track, the edge is off her performance. And the more the track got wet, the more the track the track was playing against her. And I think Duff and anyone who wants to see what was the right way to look at um, the very elegant, I think Duff and Corey summed it up perfectly yesterday morning uh, that um, that James just lost lost sight of of the winner and had a lot more to do than he thought he had to do and. And um, in the end, brilliant ride by Nashville Willer, and he got the bickies. Let's talk about your analysis then, because we did hear that yesterday on Thoroughbred Weekly. Duff, uh, yourself and Corey Brown talking about this race. Uh, and for those that want to go back and, and listen and watch that, you can jump on the Sky Racing website. You can watch all the shows as many times as you want. For those that haven't seen it, Duff, if you could go through what your comments were about Fangirl and, and the way the race unfolded. Yep, it's always to pull a, easy to pull a ride apart uh, in review. Um, you know, not on the spur of the moment as far as, you know, when these jockeys got to make decisions. So, firstly, I think the, the start, whether she just come out a little slow, which she can do, it, could she have been... Just reading, the, there's a big long straight there from that mile start. Could have she just had a, a little look? You know, when you're two lengths behind horses like Athabaskan, you know, you know, the 2,400 metre horse, and she, there was a big hole in the middle of that that field there uh, before they got round that first turn. That I think you, maybe she could have been in. Um, was it was she just not fast enough she, with her racing style? I don't know. Uh, she had a lot to do. She had a lot to do. And, and Nash just moved at the right time when they quickening, you know, and, and she had to get under a lot of pressure probably a, a further out than she does instead of travelling up. So, And he was off and gone. So he, he was off and gone. And, and by this stage of the day, um, Chris said, oh, you know, the, you know where all of a sudden the inside's OK. It wasn't OK. They, they, as, as it is when the fence is off, Every everyone, even the ones that are asleep, wake up by about race four, 
and they all want to get out, but they do if they overdo it then. And then the fence, the, the inside's on fire where you can rail up, save ground, and all you have to do is be a few off the fence. For uh, The Crown at Ramwick is the, the, the A-grade land, they, they, but when they're getting out past that, you might as well be on the fence, I, I say. And everyone's got different interpretations to buy us, and good luck to them, bet accordingly. But I'd like to bet accordingly to think I want to be off the rail uh, on that track. So, look, Think It Over was too good. He held her on the line, but she had a lot to do, a mm. lot to do. She was good. You know, and everyone's making these comparisons, you know. But there was one comment um, during, well, after she won, it was Winx-like. But that's not comparing her to Winx. And everyone's saying, oh, she's no Winx. She's no... no one's ever said she's Winx. Nothing's Winx. So... Um, her effort was, she's an outstanding mayor, her effort was good, disappointing if you backed her, good on you if you backed Think It Over because you know what you're going to get, a good, tough run for your money and, and he can be ridden in a position which is a great thing in racing. Certainly. Your comment on the track too, Duff. I, I want to get a comment from you. So, I mean, obviously you, um, I've sat with you there uh, on many a Saturday um, on Sky Thoroughbred Central. You have your play. Sometimes you have your plays before the day. What did you make of the track? And does that did that affect your day and having a punt and a win? No, no, it didn't affect my day because I, I wanted to play to that. So yeah. the, I think I got no issue with fence off in racing. I'm more critical with fence on fire uh, in racing where the, that causes havoc. So... Uh, the track, it, like Chris said, the, by the reports we get every day, where we're kept up to the mark, um, there was only five mils put on that track watering during the week, which is hard to believe. But and we hardly had a mill, I wouldn't have thought. It was just drizzle, hard, not even. It was just sleet. So the, the track should have held up better than that. Um, I don't know whether they're under pressure at water water at this time of year, or maybe they're. I think they've been paranoid since um, they broke those couple of track records at Rose, at Rose when, Hill. When yeah. Octagonal, when they, oh, they were horrified that something's broken Octagonal's record and then our Kobe son comes out and, and breaks a, a long-term track record. But I think that was because of the tracks, that, the renovation that they did was outstanding at Rose Hill because you speak to the jockeys on that day and they said there's lovely give in the track. Mm. So it was just that renovation that they've done. It wasn't that it was just a rock-hard concrete track. It was just a renovation of the track. The horses loved to run on it. That's what I'm saying. Um, yeah, look, I'm, I think the track managers... I, I think our tracks have been as good as they've been for 10 years. Uh, but we get a, a one-off situation like that where, well, look, it wasn't horrendous. You just had to get off the rail. That's as simple as that. I think, Duff, also, it was a sticky track. So horses that didn't quite... who were disadvantaged by wet tracks were were significantly different disadvantaged. So Clan Girl that can go on a slow track but as it gets worse goes backwards. Sort of went and she only went back half a length and that's that was enough to get a bead. Um yeah. but a horse like floating that loves a bit of give in the ground, it wins. It's just uh, it was one of those it was one of those days where where and track managers if you talk to them will always say the one thing they don't want is constant rain during the day. They'd rather an absolute downpour and then it clear up because all it does is keep giving moisture on top of the track and churning it out. And spoke to Mike Wood yesterday. He said the track, he was really disappointed. He, he said the track looked awful and, you know, it, was, it wasn't what, 
what he 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 prides himself on his tracks and he takes it as hard as anyone like you know all this criticism really hits home with with a with a bloke who's got so much pride in what he does and what what he works to to achieve and unfortunately well, on the day it was it was just one of those days um I spoke to jockeys after the race and they said they couldn't believe how how it played and how it was and how soft it was so it's just you know we've had a we've had a we've had a a one-off event let's hope it's one off and that we get back next week and we're betting on a a track that we forget about last saturday very quickly there there were a number of horses that did perform well on it so you know there wasn't results that were completely out of the out of the blue like we had a had a horse that's won a um, Queen Elizabeth on a wet track win win a very elegant so you know and a brilliant ride on Nash. I I was walking down after after race six and Nash was walking walking out onto the track. Now you don't often see jockeys walking out onto the track in between races. And I said, I joked to Nash. I said, "What are you going to check the outside fence?" And he just smiled. He obviously went walked the track and had that in his mind. And he had that in his mind well before he went out that. He was going to go back towards the inside after floating in race six. He had, he had a chat to Zach Lloyd. He he had a plan. He executed it absolutely perfectly, and it, and he he got a result by three quarters of a length from a dollar thirty favourite. Now, the other thing with these short price favourites these days, I think they're very much overplayed in the market. I don't think that horse should have ever been Fangirl on those conditions should have ever been that price. I think punters punters who are new to our game are more conditioned to take a short price, and that leads to them starting shorter than they should. And I think if you look, there was a list of um, short price favourites that have been rolled in the last in the last 10 years put up. And I think a lot of them are uh, since 2020 because punters who start in sports are happy if they think it's a good thing to bet at the short odds. Well, you can't blame the, the, the bookmakers for putting them up short odds when they you know they're, when they look at their books and it's a million dollar. The deficit in there, they just leave them there, and they said they know they're a dollar seventy chance. Uh, but when they people still want to back them at a dollar thirty, well, good luck to them. That's their business. Isn't, isn't that the art? Of, that's the art of bookmaking. Lay them at some other price. You think think you're getting an advantage. So you know, you, you're not you're not asked to take that price. And I think everyone wants to, wanted to see Van Gogh continue to win. But let's let's talk about the other bloke. Geez, he's 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 one of he's one of a rider and a Queen Elizabeth, and now a very elegant. Like, well, he nearly wasn't going to race again. Career. He wasn't going to race. And, that's the that's the incredible the race, part. After the race, they, they they do presentations at the races these days, and in the ATC, they've banned they've banned having speeches for what they call what they not significant group ones like a derby or something. So, have the presentation, have the photo. At the end of the presentation, Nash grabbed the mic and said. I want to pay homage to Terry, Terry Parker and his team for the job they've done with this horse to get him back. He was never going to race again. You don't know how, how good a job this is. And it, it's just been... Kerry has just done a great job with this horse. And we're going to, we're going to hopefully see him... He'll be in the Ramvet now. Like, and that's the other thing. On a, on, a, on a track that was testing, we had a 2,000-metre horse up against a miler. And that probably played into the facts a little bit more. But Kerry's done a... For Nash to do that and 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 be that strident about getting the mic and telling the people who are on course how good a job Kerry Parker has done, I thought was a credit to him and 
on top of the ride, it was one of the great stories of the day. In, well, in turn, Kerry then later on uh, social media, on Twitter, or X, whatever you want to call it, um, said so much of today's success is attributable uh, to all that have helped with SIDS. That's um, the stable name uh, for this particular horse, uh, Think It Over, we're talking about. Um, and rehab with Jonathan Lumsden and his colleagues at REC and to the team at the Illawarra Equine Centre and Tim Bolan at Limitless Lodge. This victory is uh, as much as yours, as it is ours. So uh, that was incredible. I remember speaking with Kerry not too long after he was pretty crook there, Sid, obviously, and there was concern that he never never may race again, and there he is at the top of our sport winning. So uh, good stuff. And good stuff for Nash too, who um, has, you know, he's been rolling along, Nash, so it's going to be a, a very interesting championship carnival in a couple of weeks. Gator, I want to bring you in just to discuss what we were talking about then because you said it at the start of the program about the the tracks what did you make of Randwick? yeah no it was tough and look um i think we have to give credit where it's due i mean some of the horrendous weather <laughs> that's led into meetings and the tracks have played so well and even meetings no one thought we'd get through so let's give credit where it's due i think they do an amazing job as a rule um you know i'm actually buoyed by the fact that they take it personally when a track races like it did on Saturday because that gives me hope that we're all on the same page and want to get to the place where it's a level playing field every single week. I know that's that's utopia and and you know it's probably a bit of Wizard of Oz sort of stuff, but that's if that's the aim, you know, let's try and get as close as we can to that. Um, as far as the actual Group One race, I think Fangirl's right price was probably a dollar ten. Um, given you know, as I said in the opening, if you run that race ten times, I think she wins nine of them. Um, but yeah, that was the one. What, out of the what 10. makes you say? What makes you say that, Gator? What do you think would be different in those other nine occasions? Yeah, sure. Um, so I look at this race on Saturday as the, as the outlier. So that's the one in ten. Uh, so Think It Over has uh, what six or seven lengths? Checks notes. Um, head start. Uh, sorry, ten, eleven lengths off the winner, Fangirl. So six to seven lengths advantage on Fangirl uh, early on, and then once he saved the ground and pinched uh, that margin. It was basically mathematically impossible. Add to that, you know, he was in that slipstream spot, right? So off the fence, but not too wide, seemed to be the place where all the winners were. Um, not many stormed home. couple ran on well and uh, uh, steamed home and beaten everything else clearly. So I think if you get, a, a, a level playing field, um, you know, a, a dry track, a whole number of factors into that uh, pot, um, I think she'll run past him... You know, and look, I'm not my old man. I don't think I'm right every time I talk. But um, that's just my opinion, and I'm happy with it. I think that shifty ground takes the edge off her, and, you know, she's a really, really special, special mare. But, you know, when she's not she's not a mare that's um, as good as the tracks get get a bit of moisture on them. And that what was happening there with the constant rain, it was just chopping out a little bit, and... As we saw towards the end of the day, you could not make ground out where she was. She's made up an enormous amount of ground. I would have thought, on under those conditions, she's she's more she's more a dollar seventy chance. Let's talk about uh, another big race in Sydney before we get down to Melbourne. Duff um, surround stakes, Tropical Squall out in front. Uh, we spoke about this on the punters panel, and I was pretty keen. But I'm not a great punter, but I was pretty keen on Tropical Squall um, controlling the race, and and I loved the trial the other day with that cabin, and and just thought, here we go, this will be fit and ready to roll. Um, and 
I must admit, because the boys on the punters panel, Duff, were talking about Macarena being forward and, and maybe, you know, uh, different horses being in different positions and, and Tropical Squall not just getting away with murder. Halfway through that race, it was it was weird to watch. Um, in what way? Uh, just in terms of that they were sort of letting Hippo get away with it. Well, they're very hard horses to take on, uh, the Waterhouse Spot team. You want to be in touch with them. There's a fine line. You want something to drag you up to them. You don't want to be the person dragging the field up to their horses because you know they're going to move early and um, quicken at the right time to be left alone. And Eronymous and was a master at it again on Saturday. She's good filly. She's a really good filly. I'm so happy to hear that they they think that she... He's just a miler, this preparation, you know, mm. not the, you know, let's charge for another, uh, try for a game for another Oaks, it's not going to happen. So I think train like a sprinter, you're going to see a pretty sharp filly this. Speed, stamina, uh, talent, good looks. Um, she's a ride in these next couple of runs and who knows? I, I think she's got, I know it's going to be a great Doncaster mile. I think that's a beautiful race for her with 49 and a half on her back with the racing style that she's got. She'll run yeah. boldly. She'll run boldly in that. $17. And she's, she's already in it. And she's already in it. And yes. she's already in it. So she's she's yeah. got the exemption from the flight. So she's, um, she's well, there she's already. So. Before the jump, she was 50s. So yeah, OK. Did you did you see the race panning out the way it did, though, Duff, with you know, yeah. learning to fly being up there, Macarena being caught wide? Is that just how you envisage it? Oh, look, I think um, I think it was a no-brainer knowing that she'd control the race and it was just a matter who was going to go forward. We got, we got uh, Stewart's rulings before, uh, ch- uh, tactic changes before the race. We knew Steffi Magnetica was going to be more aggressive, so that was to her advantage. It worked out. She ran boldly. Uh, Macarena was the the dark horse there, but we we had a, a fe- everyone had a feeling she'd roll forward. It may, it may well have backfired, that one. Um, she did a bit of work. I thought she went really, really well. And um, his Invincible was said to be racing closer. So, But uh, there was no real threat of anything leading her in this race. That uh, first up, 1,400, nice and fresh with her racing style. And what about, um, I thought the Moody horse was good, roll on high. Uh, and what did you make of Arctic Glamour and Zardozzi down the outside? Yep, uh, hard to read um, because... I first watched the race, you think, uh, yeah, roll on, uh, roll on um, high was travelling on the turn, I thought. I thought, hello, this Melbourne horse is trucking into this race. But I reckon they got too wide. You know, the, the, the inside horses shifted out four, four or so off the fence and that, that was the A-grade land and these other horses were shoved past the crown and had a lot to do. So I thought roll on high was excellent. And I thought even... Uh, you look at Zardozzi and you think, oh, well, she tried, you know, better than that, but she's a stayer. Uh, she went well. She went well. Just forget forget she went round. It's a start-off race for her. Mm. Uh, Gator, I'll bring you in here, mate. Uh, what did you make of Tropical Squall, the surround, and, and that Melbourne horse, so Roll on High, who uh, finished off very nicely? Yeah, no, it was, it was a nice sort of F1 Formula 1 race, wasn't it? Just a little Grand Prix sort of spin around. They were just got to their spots and ran around and held their spots. Uh, nothing ran on. Those that were on the inside, but off the rail, sort of ran one, two, three. Learning to fly was on a second up, but um, you're just in the right spot relative to the race. But I think you handled the ground. I'm a big fan of roll on high. Um, best of the closers in a race where nothing ran on. 
and I'm a big fan of Arctic Glamour and certainly Zadozia. That, that was a non-event for them. And mm. I think Arctic Glamour doesn't really like a sticky track either. Any news to come out of this, Chris, the Group 1, sorry? The, the first Tropical Squad become the first horse to... As Group One to win the flight and the surround, which is, you know, it's been going for about five years. It's the first one to do the double. Adam Hieronymus, what a job he has done. He he come back, and he was at the lowest point of his career when he come back. He had he had to rebuild himself. This is the horse that helped rebuild his career. He, he was very strong on this horse being um, a flight stakes horse. He actually convinced Gay Waterhouse to run it in the flight stakes. Um, he he got it perfectly right that day and then on on this day he's got it right again they they went fast enough that they that horses couldn't make ground they went slow enough that he'd have a big kick and and that's just how colour lodge horses are ridden now i have to admit i got this right race wrong because i thought i i thought tis invincible and kimochi would be in front of um learning to fly but learning to fly bounced off both of them coming out of the gates and ended up in the perfect spot outside outside the leader First four, four around the turn were in the first first five home. The other one would come up at the fence and followed followed the, in the probably the best going. Um, anything back in the field sort of was just going around for practice behind them after after 100 metres. So um, wouldn't give away anything back in the field. I think Tropical Scores a really nice horse, two-time Group One winner. Would have loved to have been on at the 50s in the in the Doncaster. Uh, you've got a lot of sway there at Thoroughbred uh, Central 2, Duff. I've mentioned this before. It's getting a little bit better, mate, a little bit better. We just need a couple of extra maybe 50 metres where they okay. they go past the post and they're sticking with these fillies and they're sticking with these horses a little bit longer until they cut to that winning connection shot. Yep, we'll have um, to work on that. So you've, you've, you've got, you've, you've, it's improved. It's improved a lot. But um, great to see because it is important as well for the, the punters. If you're wanting to see some vision past the post, I jump on the Race New South Wales website. There is some stewards footage, but uh, obviously just for these horses, especially these three-year-olds and other horses that are going to, we know that possibly might be stepping up in trip into future runs. Uh, you can catch that on the the Race New South Wales website. Let's go down to Melbourne. Uh, talk about the Australian Guineas here, Southport Tycoon. Now I know he trains in Hong Kong now, but we had Eustace on the program. The week before, actually, well, the week of this horse debuting, uh, Gator, and I always used to ask him for a tip, and he said to our listeners at this time, he said, oh, we've got a really nice horse going around called Southport Tycoon on the weekend. I think, you know, save your money for that. And this was at a, a week two when there were some big races happening in Melbourne and Sydney. Uh, well, lo and behold, it's taken a little while, but I've got the Australian Guineas winner. Yeah, look, it was um, a good race this year, I think. The trifecta, or even the first four, uh, a lot of time for. Uh, the winner was terrific. Had the dream run, but you still got to be good enough to win, right? Had the back of V8 all the way, really strong speed. He'd gone 60.8 first thousand, so significantly faster than the tissue race, uh, the Blamey. About six lengths faster to the 1,000 metres they would have been leading had the races been run together. And just had the, the beautiful um, track and last crack at him and, and not only went by him, but went by him strongly. In, in V8's defence, I just don't think he's a super strong miler. I mean, he's ninth quickest last 200 sectional backs that up, but he still held second. And Riff Rocket, um, look, he was terrific, but he just didn't quicken. You know, we talk about this second up syndrome, if you like. Call it whatever you like, but um, we see it a lot. So when the speed comes out of their legs, that freshness edge, 
Yeah, that's what they're talking about, the second-up syndrome. They don't come out and run awfully. They just don't have that same dash. And the sectionals back up exactly what you saw. He's niggled at 500 from home to stay with them. He's uh, sectional six to the four ranks, 11th in the race. And there are, what, 16 runners. But then he's home second quickest, then race fastest, 12 seconds home. But he just hasn't been able to accelerate in time to run over them. I uh, still think you would be the, the best horse out of the race. And Quintessa, the filly, was terrific, wasn't she, from the back. So um, her last hundred was fabulous on a real tough day to be a swooper. Um, so they're the four that I'd like to take forward. And, you know, they ran one, two, three, four. So I'm no genius. But time was good, 135, four, eight, some 13 lengths above average and over two lengths above even Group 1 average. Wow. Let's hear what some of the beaten jocks had to say in this Australian Guineas. Apulia? Yeah, he made nice ground, so uh, he was good from, from right back. Ben Malam, Otago. He's a nice horse. He's going to make the grade. He's just he's just not seasoned enough yet. He, he will, when the penny does drop with him, he'll be a good horse and more than up to this sort of company, but he's not there yet, simple as that. Fred Kersley, Viesta. Look, just outclassed and probably from the half mile wanted to overdo it a touch. Jordan Childs, the Pendragon. Uh, he just felt a bit flat. I definitely think he's better than that. Mark Zara, King Colorado. Yeah, look, got back in a slowly run race and I just failed to quicken when they did. Damien Lane, V8. He ran another great race. He doesn't know how to run a poor one. He jumps and gives himself a chance. He was in a great position. Um, I sprinted well, but unfortunately on the day, South, Southport Tycoon sprinted home sharper. Steve Parnham, zip away. He travelled a bit keen mid-race and I just couldn't quite come back to get some cover. I thought he was a little bit disappointed. He'd come off the bit before, you know, he probably should have. John Allen, Sunsets. Yeah, look, he was OK late. Um, first up, he should take good improvement from us. Ethan Brown, hey, Fat Cat. Uh, good effort, I think. Just his prep's probably caught up with him. Um, nice horse, just lacked a bit of, bit of brilliance at the end. Daniel Sackhouse, run, Harry, run. Yeah, he's just a bit disappointing. I don't think he's come up this preparation. Craig Williams, Riff Rocket. Yeah, he ran really well again. Um, just not as sharp as what he was first up, but uh, he's in. Yeah, he, he's in for really great races for longer distance now. Big T, Quintessa. Yeah, great effort. Kept finding the line nicely, so I think that holds her in good stead to step out to 2,000 now. Blake Shin, Snow Patrol. Uh, look, he just raced a little bit flat today, second up. Um, better horse than that. John McNeil, Vedad. Yeah, honest run at this level. Um, maybe looking for a little bit further now. Josh Parr, Cap Ferrar. He's in really good good shape. He had no luck here today, so I'd suggest uh, he's in for a good showing next time out. All right, that was the beaten jocks there from the Australian Guineas. Thanks to that audio from racing.com. Uh, I want to also play you the beaten jocks and what they had to say in two races we've also spoken about to, to kickstart the show. That, of course, is the uh, the very elegant and the surround. We'll start with the very elegant. Here's what a few of the beaten jocks had to say, and I think it's good for punters that haven't heard this. If they backed a particular horse in the race, they can just take note of what the pilot thought. Chase McDonald, fangirl. She ran super. Um, she uh, made a good surge into the race. Obviously, it tracks deteriorating through the day, but um, she ran bravely. Lindemann, Tim Clark. Yeah, really good performance. He, he was obviously unlucky first up, but... Um, He's put in another really good performance there. He's building nicely. Tom Mark one Cascadian. He's run massive. Obviously, uh, sort of during the run, we were just being dictated to by the mayor, so made things a bit tougher, but uh, he's run huge. Zach Lloyd, Arapahoo. Fantastic run. He um, really travelled into the race nicely and was good through the line, so progressing going forward. Athabaskan, Tyler Schiller. 
Yeah, great return. He um, had a bit of freshness in his legs today and uh, he looks like he's in for a good prep. Jason Collett, never hoopy. Probably travelled a bit strong uh, and then when it was time to quicken, he flat spot, uh, battled away on the straight. Regan Bayless, just fine. Not sure how much he handled that ground. That was uh, the the big one, the very elegant, to which we saw, of course, the winner um, with Nash Willer and Kerry Parker. And now what about the surround, uh, the beaten jocks there? Tommy, very stiffy Magnetica. Yeah, gutted to get beat, but you know, she's come a long way in a short time. The, the winner's obviously group one winner. And um, Gaze was just a bit too strong, for, and, and Adrian's were too strong for us on the day. Tyler Schiller, two to Levita. Yeah, she was um, very surprising. I was wrapped with the way she ran first up and she's only going to go further so really really great first up run. Had Schofield leading to flat? <coughs> um, she had a good run on pace um, it didn't go quite didn't go quick at all she travelled well just sort of laboured a bit on that ground. Tim Clark Macarena? Yeah she um, he obviously drew awkward um, but Thomas sort of got round outside the leader it was uh, the pace was sort of going on again it just sort of had a chasing a fair way from home but she ran honestly. Billy Egan rolling on high? Uh, just for the pace of the race didn't suit her, but she still ran on quite well. Jason Collett, Komachi? Yeah, she'll be going OK, but just didn't quite pull out the zip early. Um, sort of back in the field, ran on OK, but off that tempo it was just difficult. James McDonald, Tiz Invincible? She just didn't relax. She just just um, pulled the whole way, so never gave herself a chance. Zach Lloyd, Chris Dilley? Yeah, disappointing to, to get that barrier. I think the horse was in a great frame of mind today, and if she, if she drew a barrier and was able to get a soft run, I think she, she would have been right on the finish. Karen McAvoy, Arctic Lemma. Hard race to get into from back in the field. She might enjoy uh, top of the ground as well. Zardozzi, Tom Mark one. Uh, obviously settled back in the field, been uh, back down to that trip. Uh, just kept getting pegged out onto a deep, deep sort of line and um, just made it hard work for us. Regan Bayless, Autumn Belly. She just hasn't come up this prep. They were the beaten jocks in the surround stakes. We'll take a break. We're going to find out what's happening on the roads in Sydney town. And when we return, phone lines are open. Give us a call. 13 53 53. Ron Doversy, David Gately and Chris Roots on Punter's Postmortem this morning. This is Punter's Postmortem on Sky Sports Radio. It's 9.43, Sky Sports Radio Punters Postmortem on this Monday. Ron Doversy, Chris Roots and David Gately. And we're taking your calls. If you've got a comment, question, anything, 13.53.53 is that number. Call it now and you can get on the program. A couple of texts here before we look at um, Storm Boy's performance there on the weekend. Uh, one for Duff. Ron Quinton trained a winner at Newcastle on Saturday for Neville Begg. Mr Midnight, ridden by Andy Adkins. He wore Begg's colours. Black, white armbands, red cap, uh, which Ronnie rode so many winners for and were carried by some very top horses. I cannot recall Ron training one for Neville previously. Can you? That's uh, Vito from Minto. Uh, yes, I, I can't give you the names of the horses, but he's. He I, I, I think Mr Biggs has had a couple of horses with Ron. And um, even more recently, there I think one come from Graham to Ron. So in the last twelve months, anyway. So and had a couple of runs. So yeah, I think there's been a, a few in Sydney. Obviously, um, uh, Mr. Beggs he lives in Sydney. He like probably likes to have a, a horse or two in Sydney, and they, they they go to Ron. So now I wouldn't think that's his first uh, horse for him. I think he's had uh, more than a handful. All right, uh, and uh, this text comes in and it segues beautifully to Storm Boy and its performance on the weekend. Um, hi, boys. Can you see anything at this stage beating Storm Boy in the slipper? Is two thirty a good price? Cheers, Pete. What do you think, mate? Stuff? Um, no, I don't think it's a good price. We're talking golden slippers and things can go wrong with, you know, 
Um, the old dreaded bias, the draw, the run you get, the high pressure. He's like he's the he's a lovely colt. He's a lovely colt. Uh, look, I would have liked to have seen the clock show up a bit better. Like yeah, and it's hard to identify how much deterioration in the track. I don't know if the big computers can sort it out or the algorithms they put in them, but. On face value, I like to see my Golden Slipper Colts run uh, as good a time as the open horses on the day, which was a benchmark, um, what was it, a benchmark 88 Tashi. So he's got a 0.9 slower than her of a second, so that's a, that's a good gap, and, and comes home, and she come home a, a 0.8 uh, quicker than him. So one, uh, 1908, 1998. 3312, 3392. So, not wow, but not big wow factor as far as um, uh, Storm Boy's concerned, although he did uh, beat up Manal's time um, in race six. So, how much deterioration time wise was in that track? I'll leave it to your imagination. So, I'm not going to be as bullish about that if it was the, you know, a sunny day all day. But if that would have been a sunny day all day, I would have been, yeah, yeah, look. Not unbeatable, not unbeatable. What about uh, yourself, Gator? Yeah, look, I, I look at it the same way. I mean, you know, the average benchmark, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, I'm happy to provide that information, but I don't really use it to find winners. No. Um, how rel- relative times on the day, I think, is king. Uh, but, you know, I'm respectful of any which way people do their form. Um, but for me... Uh, that's what I look at. Now, when you get a day like that, I think relative times on the day are pretty treacherous waters, aren't they, Duff? Like, uh, it's just it's so hard to, to just um, garner exactly what sort of happened. And uh, I think the, the better guide, from, in my humble, is using him against uh, Manal. And, and as Duff referenced, what's that? Three lengths slower first half and um, still run... Or four lengths slower and still run three lengths quicker overall. So that may be, and I stress may... Uh, be more relevant than the earlier race. But, um, mm. yeah, I think let's trust our eye uh, first and, and uh, hashtag data second would be my advice. What about uh, the news to come out of the race? I mean, obviously, um, you would have spoken to James afterwards, Chris. What, what's he sort of saying about, um, about Storm Boy? He called him a beast. He just said, um, I think he said this in the Sky Channel interview as well, he said that, I thought I was going fast coming up the rise, and he, he just went faster. He was talking about, he said, the horse has just got this natural ability of 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 looking after himself. He said, I got two legs clear, and he just shut down. He, just didn't, he knew he didn't have to do it anymore. He told the connections that he's not going to win by 10 lengths, this horse. He's, he, he gets to the front and does what he's doing. He said, I can't wait for him to get a challenge. The other thing that's really interesting about him, about what he was talking about, he said, as I come around the turn and went down the dip towards the rise, he said I could just feel him, feel him filling up his lung and let it, being ready to let himself go. And you know that's a really good sign for a two-year-old. That's just a natural race horse. Two dollars thirty in the Golden Slipper. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be taking that personally. I think there's too much that can go wrong and things like that. But he's going to start a very short favourite in the the um, Golden Slipper. And now the interesting thing will come. When Tom Magnier and the lads sit down and decide who they're going to put on him and whether James keeps the ride, and you can, you, you'd think James James would be over there polishing Tom's shoes when he gets back from um, from the wedding in Barbados. 
Uh, will we know that after Switzerland runs Saturday? Would they make decisions then? Who rides? Yeah, they're going to have a they're going to have a chat after Saturday. Um, uh, they're they're all in constant contract, but you know you got to you got to remember Cornwall pay Ryan Moore to ride their horses. They've got a thirty million dollar colt. At the moment, it's valued at thirty million dollars. Kickers come into place after the Golden Slipper and things like that. So there'd be a a leaning towards Ryan on that way. But you've got to remember, last year, James could have ridden the winner in the Slipper and he could have ridden the winner for the last two years. And both times, first time he went with Home Affairs and got off to stay inside. And then he last year, he, he made his decision. He, he he thought he was on the winner in, in Cylinder and 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 then the... Um, the other Colts, Shinsu, come out and won and they brought Ryan over. So um, I think James will be making every every argument to, to get on the horse he wants to get on. And I think at this point, it would be Stormboy. OK. All right. Uh, we've got Ray on the line. G'day, Ray. G'day, Dave. How are you going, champion? Very good, mate. How are you going? Yeah, firing on four. All That's good. outstanding. What have you got for us? I backed the horse up, but actually Gator might know about that. A couple of trials in Melbourne before it came up here. New Energy, its first start in Australia. It really flew home in the last. I was wondering what they think about it maybe in a mile race, like the Doncaster. Um, I thought it was a great, a great run, um, considering it's his first run in Australia. He hadn't raced in a fair while since May last year. He'd run in some really good races overseas. Um, Doncaster, yeah, he'd have to win a... I don't know where he sits in order of entry there, but, uh, look, he's... uh, Ray, he's one of my horses to follow from Saturday, I think, for an import to come out and run uh, so nicely at his first run in Australia. And a solid race. I think there's um, just all upside for him. He, he's obviously a very nice horse in Hill, he held in high regard. He jumped out beautifully uh, coming in Melbourne, coming into this race, and I think he'll take improvement out of it. Beautiful, yeah, Ray. That's good. Yeah. Thanks for the uh, insight on that, mate. Cheers, mate. Uh, of course, that uh, comes out of the uh, race 10 there, that uh, Liverpool City Cup and uh, Fearson. For Brad Whitt, it was out in front, but he was closing off nicely, wasn't he? New energy in those Australian bloodstock colours. We've got Michael on the line. Hello, Michael. Morning, boys. How are you? Very good, mate. What have we got for us? I'm wisdom. I didn't have a bet in Rambic Saturday. That fan girl, she kicked out earlier. Why wasn't that mentioned? I picked it up on the radio, like in the back, you know, Hood or Hawk or something. Um, That's always a no-no. But the biggest one of the day was orchestra in the New Zealand Derby. Now, she's better than this uh, ghostly, the one in the Oaks, and Rip Rocket, the one in the Derby, right? Now, what price Melbourne Cup? Um, she'll come, won't she? I think she's breathtaking, $1.30. Any comments? Oh, she's outstanding. Um, <laughs> she's outstanding. Um, to do what she's done, she's uh, from 1,200 to 2,400 in only eight starts. She ran a crack of millions in Avondale Guineas, now at Derby. Had a few grand finals, so she, uh, I think Chris, the Vinery, and... And I'm told, even though she's short in the Oaks, um, I think if you if you think money speaks languages, uh, the money for her, the smart money for her, has been in the Derby more so than the Oaks. Yeah, back up into the Derby. Roger James said after the race, if you're talking Melbourne Cups, he said it might be the horse to win me a Cox Plate. He's the second trainer in two weeks to say that say that about a three-year-old. So 
um, it, Les Bridge, of course, saying it about Celestial Legend. He mm. he hasn't won one, and I think it's a race he'd really like to win. He thinks she's outstanding, and you know, was just had to watch it on the weekend. It was it was a, it was a, it was just contemptuous what he did. She did to those horses. She now has to come over to Sydney and meet our horses, uh, which she will do. Some won't. Uh, and then we'll we'll see where she lines up. I think I, I can't wait to see her and Zotozzi line up against each other. I think think they're both very good three-year-old fillies at that sort of trip. Yeah, of course, that was uh, shown on the weekend. Just to comment on that too, I saw that uh, obviously that race was shown on Sky Racing 2. Now, I saw some people blowing up saying, oh, Sky Racing 2, etc. for that and... Obviously, there were some Australian venues which they were promoting the wagering for on Sky Racing 1. We've got to get away from this crap about that Sky Racing 2 is an inferior uh, product uh, because whilst it used to be behind a paywall um, when I first started at Sky, now it's clear air. Yeah. Now, it, it can easily be accessed. You can flick a remote. I mean, we're not, we're not that cast that we can't change channels. <laughs> and also, too, if you watch on um, on the Tab app, it's completely free to watch every channel. You go overseas and see what other countries have got when it comes to watching, you know, racing. There's no Tab apps that you don't even have to have, you don't even have to have a bet with the Tab to watch those races. So we've got to get away from this. I, I saw several people saying, "Oh, Sky Two, this is no good," and. What not? Uh, the race was uninterrupted. The race was shown full in full HD if you're at a venue. Obviously, it's got the fast vision on the Tab app. We've got to get away from that. It's not like the old days. If it was behind the $5 paywall like it was, fair enough. You can, we can blow up and say, what a disgrace. But if we're just pressing the plus button on our Foxtel remote or we're hitting a different button on our Tab app, please. And maybe that is something that Sky need to look at. And I've said this before on this program. Maybe there's the one and the two needs to be uh, either changed, so it might be Sky Racing and Sky Racing Plus, but this mentality, this, the mentality that Sky 2 is the inferior channel uh, it shouldn't be the case. And also, too, just on that with, with the moving of races from Sky 1 to Sky 2, uh, the reason why they're doing that is because we're seeing races continually at our major centres start late and late and late. And because, obviously, there's a lot of uh, races shown on both those channels... I think if you're bidding on a particular race and it's moved to Sky Two, so what? Does it re- does it really does it uh, does it really matter in the whole scheme of things? Especially like if you're back the winner, like I, don't, I couldn't I couldn't give a stuff where it was shown. I want to see it. That's probably my biggest thing. If I've had a bet somewhere and that race is not shown for a particular reason, you're betting blind. Fair enough. I don't like that. But that very rarely happens these days, unless you're bidding in some obscure Asian country on a Sunday afternoon where the fluctuations are wild anyway. So I, I think we've got to get away from this mentality of that uh, if you're moved from Sky 1 to Sky 2, and Sky probably needs to educate race clubs better about it too because I hear race callers complaining about it, greyhounds and truck callers, oh, we've been pushed to Sky 2. It doesn't actually matter because there's no restriction on viewing it anymore. 100%. The thing with the, the, thing, the, thing with the, the New Zealand derby is that it's a premium race that's that needs to be shown on 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 Sky One because it is a lead up to to all our races. But that's no, but see, that's that. where that's where the education's wrong, Chris. Why is Sky One 
in once upon a time, it was the premium channel Sky 1 because it was accessible to everybody and Sky 2 wasn't. That's not the case anymore. It's not the case. If you go into a pub, Dave, you go into a pub... Yes. There's a, there's a Sky... There's a small Sky 2 one and a big Sky 1 one. What I would say, with a race like that, they got it wrong and it should be on Sky 1 because if, you, if you're in a, in, a, in a venue that doesn't have Sky 2 and some of them don't put it on, you, you can't see that race, and that that's wrong. I just well, think that's a Group One race, well, and it should be on. It should be on Sky One. I know what you're saying with the other other things. I totally agree with the education of that. If you get pushed to Sky Two for a maiden at Newcastle or something like that, yep. it's it's not a thing. But a race like that had to be on Sky One. No, nah, see, I, I don't. I don't. Agree. And I, I had a bit in the race. I back something in place because I love backing horses to place when you've got those shorties in it. And naturally, of course, I ran fourth. But I, I disagree with you on that one, mate, because, well, one, we've opened, a, we've opened a different we'll can of worms there because under a venue licence, if you're showing Sky Racing Vision, you have to have both, uh, both channels on. So if you go into a venue putters and they've only got Sky 1 on, They've got the box and the stuff coming in, and most likely they've got UFC or something else on one of the other TVs. Under their contractual agreements, they have to have both channels on and both channels visible in tab areas. So that's the first thing. So if you go into a pub, anyone in the future, and you can't see Sky 2 for any particular reason, you say, hey, what's going on here? And they say, oh, we don't have it, or... No, 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 no. They do. They're just showing up decided not to put it on the TV. And most likely that TV has been provided by Tabcorp. Most likely that upgrade's been happened. But if you go into most, I'd say 95 out of 100 would have Sky Racing 2 up on a big screen and be shown. Uh, I was at a venue on Saturday with the big wall. It was shown on both sides of that big wall. So that's obviously for venue managers and, and, and people from Tab to go around to. But also too, Chris, as well, I think that on a, on a Saturday, on that particular occasion, I think... With that, that type of race, and if, if Sky 2 was educated properly, we could have had extended coverage planned in and around that particular event. Maybe not because, obviously, Entain are involved with that broadcast now, so there probably be contractual agreements and arrangements there, but I feel as though that if the education was different around Sky Racing 2 and also Sky Racing 1, things could be a lot different, a lot different. But they're not. But, uh, but this whole, like, you know, pressing buttons to change and blowing up because it's been moved... We've got to get, mate, fair dinkum. So, I just think a race like that, um, the, mo- more pe- the most eyes are on Sky 1 and it deserves to be on there. I- I'm not arguing that any other of the race New Zealand were, but people wanted to watch that horse on Saturday and it should have been... It should have been shown on Sky One. Hmm. But again, like better education, and, and, and this is where Sky probably needed to go, hey, everybody, if you're wanting to watch Orchestral, it's going to be shown on Sky Racing 2 at this time and educate the punter throughout the morning on that because it is a big event. It's the same when we have Japan Cups. It's the same when we have the big races from Sha Tin. But Japan so, Cups on Sky One Day. No, but sometimes it's, no, but sometimes it's not. It's moved across to Sky Racing 2. It all depends on the scheduling of what's on that day. Like if, if the Japan Cup falls in and around the top, we'll put it this way. If the Japan Cup is on and before that there's a, a, some sort of feature Sunday race, right, here in Australia, are you telling me they're going to move the, the Australian race to Sky Racing 2? Of course they're not. They're not going to do that. They're going to move it to Sky Racing 2. And they have in the past when there's been a delay or there's been an issue. But again, we need to get away from that because everyone can watch it. If you've got Foxtel at home, you can watch... Four racing channels, 
for free. So what would F- five if you game? include free to wear. You can watch four streams on your tab app, two in Fast Vision, Sky 1, Sky 2, and you can watch Sky Thoroughbred. In fact, you can watch uh, two in Fast Vision, Sky 1, Sky 2, Standard Slow Vision, Sky 1, Sky 2. You'll see on the tab app now there is uh, Sky Thoroughbred Central. Plus as well, now they're putting a, an extra channel on there sometimes for an overflow meeting, whether it's Seoul, Busan, Singalore, Malaysia, etc. But don't back a winner there because no one will let you on bar the tab. And then you've also got Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab on your tab app as well. If you go into a venue, you should have both screens. If they've got a, a deal and a contract and they're not just rotting off KO or something at a smaller club, you will be able to see both uh, screens, Sky 1, Sky 2. So, again, so much available to us in our hands, on our screens, on our TVs, but we want to complain. I, I don't... Yeah, I understand what you're saying too, Chris, about big, big races and whatnot, but that's not how we've set it up here in this country. We always, we well, always the, look after our own. The, well, I know the punters, I know the turnover probably wouldn't have been as big on the race, but that's that's the way I look at it. And the, I think the punters uh, would prefer to see that race on Sky One. Just while we're on international races, yep. Um, uh, did we catch William Buick? Um, that was extraordinary. Cummins, Sent me the vision. He 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 was. He said, Dad, "Are you guys going to chat about this on Putters Paddle?" So we've got a listener there. Uh, morning to Mister Cummings before he goes into his meeting. Um, it was unbelievable. He saw Boyd William Buick after the Guineas, wouldn't he? He did. It. Did you see that, Duff? Yeah, I did. Yeah, no, he lost his irons and. Yes. Uh, he drove it home, and um, that ever happened to you, Duff? Did you ever lose your irons when a race? Yeah, I think every jockey's lost their irons at some stage um, in their career. Uh, it's a bit of a moment. You've got to uh, gather yourself up, get your balance right, and and um, yeah, things happen. Things happen. You get how many days did it take you to start walking properly again? Yeah, yeah, you get over it. You get over it. And now, the other uh, thing was the Hong Kong Derby. Yes, um, that was that was extraordinary from Hugh Bowman yesterday. He didn't. He, he punched it right out to the line and got there right on the line for favourite records there. Yeah, and and great comments too from John Sires after that particular race as well. It, it. Um, I mean, were you expecting? I mean, you, Duff, you've you've seen. We know Huey's a world class rider, but obviously he's restricted to what he can and can't ride. He's not like a lightweight jockey. He's just gone to Hong Kong and not gone to another level because we know he's at that level. But he is just riding. He's vintage at the moment. Yeah, he is. You know, he's just. Uh... A great, he just pegs his way through these fields, and um, yeah, he's well. He, we, we've known all along he's world class, but he seems in a good frame of mind over there. He's picking up good rides. You've got to have the cattle to do it, to steer them into gaps. It's all right steering them into gaps, but you've got to have the horse to take the gaps. So he's he's identified some good horses. He's riding them well, and he's getting the results. And um, well, I won't say keeping pert and honest because he is the man, but um, he, he's, he'd be getting a good quid over there. Put it that way. He certainly would. I want to bring Gator back in here. A couple of texts here about a tissue. Back to Flemington, away from Caulfield. That's what Chris Waller was suggesting was the the catalyst to her win. And I guess also, too, um, what, getting in with 57 against that field, she was electric. Yeah, she's got a real touch of class, hasn't she? That's her go. She's a proper Group 1 horse. Probably, you know, 1,600 metre, 2,000 metre. Form is genuine Group 1 form in this country. So she can win again. I think he probably should have beaten her on Saturday. But um, he gave... You know, he gave uh, that male a kilo, and she did. And um, interestingly, another world would have beaten her on the clock had the races been run together. But, um, yeah, she's a proper group one horse. 
What did you make of it, Tissue Duff? Bruno, just I, a comment there. No, oh, look, she was a great ride. Uh, you know, he's a great rider, Shin. He just didn't worry that she's a back marker. He just went bang, put her in the box seat. Race was all over a long, long way out. So uh, she does love Flemington, and uh, she's a good mare. Yeah, but just eats up Flemington. And he's a very interesting horse, that other one, another Will. Um, I don't, I don't know if he'd take it or, uh, the Probably the All Star Miles the wrong race for him, but he's another one. A bit like Tropical Squall could end up a, um, if he wins a lead up, he could end up a little lightweight Doncaster Mile chance in his own right. All right. Uh, now let's get some horses to follow. Let's try and see if we can roll it into a winning week. Which, by the way, uh, we've got another big week ahead of us. We get to see the Everest winner back. On Saturday in the Canterbury Stakes, we've got the Ramwick Guineas as well on this Saturday at Ramwick. We've got, uh, so the Canterbury, the Challenge, uh, we'll have obviously these nominations filtered through this morning and then some all-in markets will appear. Uh, we've got the Riesling, the Todman, uh, the Winona Girl, the Aspiration, the Ramwick City Stakes, the Fireball, and we've also got a Midway on the card. So every race listed bar the Midway. Uh, on the card for the weekend. That's, of course, here in Sydney. And in Melbourne, we are back at uh, headquarters at Flemington as well, where we've got the Sires. Very keen to see how Traffic Warden goes in that because when James Cummings spoke to myself and Chris last week, he suggested that Traffic Warden possibly would be heading towards the Sires next. We've also got the, the CUNY. We've got the Newmarket Handicap, where we'll see Imperatres in action, the Shaftesbury, the Australian Cup Prelude, and the Matron Stakes. So uh, some uh, great racing as well to come from headquarters down there. And Weather Watch, let's have a look at Sydney Weather, boys, because uh, obviously we had that uh, moisture-affected surface on Saturday. So today, windy, uh, no rain, and uh, what are we looking at, a top of 21. Tomorrow, we've got uh, mostly cloudy, 24. Mostly cloudy, 27 Wednesday. 26 on Thursday, 26 Friday, mostly sunny, and uh, Saturday, 27 and partly sunny. So no rain expected this week. So it'll be very interesting to see what they do with Ramwick, whether they just let it be uh, and let nature take its course or whether they do have to put some form of moisture into it later in the week, especially with this wind around today. What are we backing? Uh, what are we following, Duff? Uh, look, a couple of... No, pretty obvious for me, I think. Uh, fresh blood with the Phillies, Tropical Squall. She was very good, um, like a style. And a new energy out of the last hill train on from that first up run in Australia. And there's a, a decent race for him over the carnival. And what about uh, yourself, Chris? What are we backing? What's horses to follow? Yeah, I sort of went away. I thought new energy was great, but I thought Kovalika was just as good from back in the field. Total of Vita um, getting over a trip, I think, hit. She looks like it's going to be Chris Waller's Barlap horse. It's always the place where his best three-year-old filly goes. Firefly out of the two-year-olds was the one to follow. And I think more secrets can run a huge race in the Cornwall. All right. And what about yourself, uh, Gator? Yeah, another will. I think they're going to win a group one. Macron was terrific. It showed the first run was no fluke. And Roof Rocket will hit back and win next time up in trip. Um, and, look, even an AFL umpire wouldn't have missed new energy. Exactly, yeah, it was uh, sensational. Uh, boys, have a great week ahead, some good racing as always. We're going to have it all covered here on Sky uh, Sports Radio, on uh, Sky Racing 1 and also Sky Thoroughbred Central 